Welcome to the Businesses Start Here podcast, hosted by David Viliotti and Viliotti and Associates. We're here to talk with business owners and business experts to inspire and encourage entrepreneurs. All right, and I think I have everything good to go. So, um, Dave, you might want to angle your camera down just a little bit more so your head is not at the very bottom of the screen. That's good, and we should be good to go. All right, and then help me with the pronunciation of your name. Just Uche Okoraha. Uche Okoraha? Okoraha, yep. Okoraha. All right. Let me look at one thing real quick. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll get started. I'll introduce you. It'll be just a brief introduction because really the whole podcast is about you. <clears throat> okay. And then give you a chance to kind of tell us who you are and then something will pique my interest and we'll kind of go off, have a conversation. Um, I don't like to, to be super prepared for these because I just like it to be conversational. I don't like to have things planned out ahead of time like to, to just see where it goes. So so it'll be just me for a couple seconds, and then I'll introduce you, and then then ask you basically how you got started, how you got to where you are, and then uh, you can kind of go into it from there. All right, let me just close some of these windows here. And if and if I mess up the pronunciation on the intro, stop me just to make. I, I want to make sure we get that right. I, I think I'm good, but um, I've had my last name messed up enough. I don't want to do it to other people. <laughs> Definitely understand that. <laughs> All set. We're good, EJ? Go right ahead. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Businesses Start Here podcast. I'm your host, Dave Villiotti, founder of... uh, of, uh, I'll start over. Sorry. Hello, welcome to the Businesses Start Here podcast. I'm your host, Dave Villiotti, founder of Villiotti & Associates. Uh, today we have a guest with us that, that I met through a trade show, um, has a really great product that I'm excited for you guys to hear more about, um, especially newer businesses getting started. There's a lot of opportunity for you guys to use um, ta- Tax Robot, which is founded by Uche Okoraha, uh, who is our guest today. So Uche, thanks for joining us. We're excited to hear more about you and your product. Absolutely. And uh, Dave, thank you for having me. Uh, just to give everybody a little bit of a background um, on me, I am a uh, tax attorney by trade, and I got my start into the tax credits and incentives world by working at the largest national tax credit consulting firm. And then after a couple of years there, you know, doing a few hundred of these tax credit studies, I decided to go off on my own and found my own uh, tax credit consulting firm. So that was in 2017. And then over the last year, I was really thinking that this whole world of tax credits and incentives hasn't changed in decades. It's, you know, done manually where you collect all of the information and all of the documents and you're having all of these conversations back and forth. And, you know, it's a really time consuming manual process. So, you know, I put my head together, uh, you know, with my business partner and uh, we went out to a technology uh, developer. And we really thought, 
how do we automate this process with technology? How are we going to make it a little bit easier, uh, a little bit more efficient for all of the taxpayers uh, claiming these incentives? And uh, that's when we put together Tax Robot. And uh, really, over the past uh, year, we've been developing that, and we launched in January. And uh, we've really gotten good traction with that. And uh, it's really been a positive experience uh, for a lot of our clients that have been using that product uh, to be able to, you know, uh, get their uh, research and development tax credits. Yeah. So R and D tax credits are an area very few people know about. Um, and if you do know about it, you have no idea how to claim them. So you started off as a tax attorney. Was yeah. was R&D credits or credits specifically an area of focus for you? Or how did you get into uh, tax credits as your, your passion? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the R&D tax credit was something that I discovered, uh, you know, working for uh, my previous firm there. And I really thought it was interesting because uh, even before... Um, you know, working with the R&D tax credit, I was working with industries that do qualify uh, for the R&D tax credit. So, you know, architects, uh, engineers, um, uh, software developers, technology, manufacturing, these are all the industries that I was already used to working with. So I thought, hey, using my experience, understanding what these guys are doing on a day-to-day -day basis, and then just taking a look at the law and applying all of those facts um, uh, to that specific use case, I thought was very interesting. So I, I did learn about the R&D tax credit by working on my previous firm there. And then really going through the motions of these R&D tax credits is the best way to understand um, how it works out in practice, because there's only a certain amount of things uh, that you can glean from looking at the at the tax code or the case law. But when you're actually getting in and looking at a client's documents and interpreting it, um, that's when you really start to get used to how to identify uh, what is research and development and what isn't. Because honestly, uh, the name of the tax credit is really a misnomer uh, once you actually look at it, because people think research and development. So, you know, I need to be developing a pharmaceutical drug. I need to be, you know, Apple making the latest iPhone. Uh, so they really don't understand what it means. And essentially, research and development uh, in its current version of the tax credit, all it means is technical problem solving. Mm. Tell me a little bit more about that. So when you say technical problem solving, what exactly does that entail? Yeah, sure. So there is a four-part test that's outlined in uh, the Internal Revenue Code, Section 41, uh, that houses the research and development uh, tax credit. And essentially, if you want to boil down uh, that four-part test, that's what we talk about when we say technical problem solving, um, because essentially it's using your background in the sciences to solve technical problems. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, let's say you are uh, a software developer and you have an idea for a product, um, you know, a software that you want to develop. And you know the end goal, you know all of the features, uh, you know all of the properties of the software uh, that you wanted to have when you're done developing it. But how do you get from that point A uh, to point B? And that's where you're using your background of the sciences, that's computer engineering, to solve these technical problems. So that's going to be, uh, you know, wireframing, 
uh, you know, coding the software manually. That's going to be that quality assurance process where you're going through and you're seeing those bugs and then you're going back to the drawing board. Okay, I have this bug, you know, how do I solve that? Uh, do I change, um, you know, this variable? Do I change this variable? Okay, let me go through and let me retest that. So, you know, that systematic, um, you know, process of trial and error there, um, you know, that's one of many examples of uh, technical problem solving. Yeah, no, that that's good. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of the R&D. Like you said, it's a misnomer of the name. So you mentioned that architects, engineers, software developers are, are good candidates typically for uh, for these credits. Um, tell us a little, more, a little bit more about the credit itself. Like what, what can you get back as a, a percentage or how it's calculated? Just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the official name for the tax credit is called the credit for increasing research activities. So it does take a look at where you are at today with all of your expenses, uh, with research and development, such as, you know, the employee wages you pay to those individuals that are doing technical problem solving, uh, your supply expenditures, uh, if you're a manufacturer and you're making a prototype, uh, for example, or your independent contractor cost, um, you know, doing some of those same technical problem solving as employees are doing. So what are you paying today? And what were you paying over uh, the previous three years there is the is the most simple calculation there. And the more those um, expenditures increase over time, uh, the higher your tax credit is going to be uh, at the end of the day there. Um, but typically, you know, at, at a maximum there, uh, especially if you are a, a startup company, uh, we're seeing about 10 percent, uh, you know, return on your spend as far as those qualified research and development expenses there. Uh, but like I mentioned, it, it varies a lot from company to company and depending on what industry you are, uh, you know, what that trend has been over the past few years. So, you know, what we always say is, hey, you know, go ahead and talk to a consultant and most consultants will be able to give you a free estimate by collecting some high level figures there and being able to calculate that for you. Are there certain, so like we said, we mentioned the, the types of businesses that generally qualify. Is it, is it really open to anybody though? Like those are ones that usually would, would hit that mark, but, but what types of businesses have you seen take advantage of this? Yeah, so it is open-ended. A lot of businesses can take advantage of it. And the good thing is that the government is trying to incentivize keeping these technical jobs within the U.S. instead of outsourcing them. So they're not going to have a list of different industries and say, okay, only these industries qualify and nothing else. They left it open-ended for a reason. Um, so typically, uh, with my business and my practice, all of our clients, uh, our bread and butter is you know, five industries, and that's uh, architecture, engineering, manufacturing, uh, technology, including software development, and also construction. And those are the uh, uh, the industries that we see most often, you know, having good size R&D credits. But, you know, um, other studies, you know, that I've worked on, apparel, uh, breweries, um, agriculture, you name it. If you're able to have any type of technical problem solving that's inherent in the work that you do, you could qualify for the R&D tax credit. Great. 
So that that's a it's a pretty robust credit, like we said a few times already. Not many people understand it or even know that it exists. So if you're new to business or, or this is the first time you're hearing about it, what would you say the next step is for you to to try to take advantage of one of these credits? Yeah, the, the first thing I would say is make sure you have all of your expenses uh, on hand and that you have a good uh, record keeping system there. Uh, typically, when you go to speak with a consultant, which, you know, I definitely recommend uh, as the next step just to determine if you qualify or not. But they're going to ask you, OK, hey, you know, what were your employee wages, you know, for the past few years? What were you uh, spending on those supplies, uh, those independent contractor expenses, you know, uh, what were your gross receipts there? You know, how has your business uh, uh, grown over time? What are the type of projects that you typically work on? You know, what are your employees doing on a day-to-day basis? So, you know, the biggest crux of the R&D tax credit here is not, um, hey, do I qualify or not? A lot of times is, do I have all of the information prepared to be able to correctly substantiate uh, that tax credit? So, having your record keeping there, you know, having an idea of what you've been doing on your projects, you know, over the past few years, if you can start to collect that information and bring that to a professional and uh, really be able to determine if you qualify or not uh, is the best first step uh, towards taking the R&D tax credit. Yeah, that's really helpful. So tell us a little bit more about how Tax Robot is taking that process and making it easier for, for people. Um, to get these credits. Yeah, definitely. So the traditional way of doing the R&D tax credit is, you know, exactly what I was just describing here. Hey, you know, you're going to collect all of this financial information, and then you're going to collect all of this project information, and then you're going to send it over to a consultant, and then you're going to have a discussion with them, uh, you know, to make sure that they understand everything that they're taking a look at there and what your employees are doing. And then they're going to do an initial calculation, and then they're going to get you an estimate and then you're going to come back and you're going to tell them about your projects, you know, on a different teleconference and then they're going to go back and then they're going to do more calculations. And it's really a long and complicated process. And, you know, I I, I should say I know from experience, you know, doing this for the better half of uh, the last decade, you know, typically it does take a couple of months uh, to complete that process. Um, with Tax Robot, we've seen clients be able to complete this process in as little as a week if they have all of the uh, documentation collected there. And really, if it's uh, just a current year study, you know, a one year study, and they have all of the documentation there in front of them, they can complete it in one day there. And that's because of the process of Tax Robot being more efficient than just working with a typical consultant there. So you are going to have all of that information, um, you know, that's pulled into the system there. But then using technology, we're able to automate a lot of these estimations and these calculations and the reporting process and drafting all of that, you know, uh, using the software that we've developed there. So typically it's a lot quicker. And then going forward into the future, because all of that information is stored into the system and we are able to identify those trends uh, year after year, um, it's a lot quicker to just add that, um, 
you know, that most recent year for the R&D tax credit calculation, because all of your information is stored into the system and the system understands what is your business type, where are those expenses uh, typically, and which types of projects on your company does and doesn't qualify. Awesome. Awesome. So let's shift gears here a little. Usually I get into who you are and get to know you a little bit more before we learn about the business. But the R&D credit to me is so interesting and, and underutilized that as soon as you started talking about it, I wanted to get into it. So let's shift gears a little bit here and talk a little bit more about you and yeah, how you started the business. So you, you, you started at a consulting firm yes. then you left and started your own firm and then you started Tax Robot. So tell me a little bit about that journey between the consulting firm you worked at and then starting your own firm. What, what made you make that jump and, and what were some of the things that you were excited about? Maybe some of the things that scared you about it. Yeah, you know, really thinking about it, uh, when I was at my consulting firm, uh, that's where I met my business partner. We worked at a lot of these uh, tax credit studies together and we were thinking to ourselves, hey, we're really doing everything on this tax credit study from the time that the client comes in the door to the time that those reports go out of the door as well. And there's a lot within that process that I feel that we were really constrained, um, you know, by the rules and the processes mm -hmm. of our consulting firm. And we were thinking, hey, we do have these suggestions to make this process better, but I think that with the way the consulting world is, a lot of times consulting companies are stuck in their ways of doing things and they're not leaning into innovation and they're not leaning into new ways of doing things that might be a little bit better or more efficient or even easier for the client there. So we thought, hey, we can make these changes. We can make this process better by going off on our own which was the exciting part of it. You know, having all of that in our control and being able to service our clients the way we wanted to and having that freedom over the process was very exciting. Yeah. Now, the scary part is that as an entrepreneur, as having your own business, um, you can't just collect that steady paycheck and you can't just walk into work and, you know, uh, have work on your desk and be able to do all of that. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of, um, you know, an eat what you kill uh, type of thing. Right. And we knew nothing about uh, marketing, uh, business development, anything like that. We were experts at the R&D tax credit. We were not experts at marketing and running a business. So that was the biggest struggle for us. Um, of course, we can't take any of our clients, uh, right. you know, from our previous consulting firm. So we had to start at ground zero. And really, the first thing that we did was we started reaching out to friends and family. We were like, hey, does anybody that we know own an architecture or engineering firm? Uh, does anybody we know know somebody, um, you know, that owns a, a construction company? Do we know anybody that, you know, owns a software company? Anything like that. We called all of our friends and all of our family and we got nothing. 
nothing, nothing at all. No leads, uh, you know, from anybody on that end. So um, pretty, that's pretty terrifying to start out yeah, with. That's you know? a scary way to start for sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because that that's the easiest way. And when every when anybody starts a business, I don't care if you're starting uh, a consulting business, um, you know, or if you're um, you know, selling, selling candy bars or, you know, whatever you're doing, you're always going to go to your th- friends and family first. That's the first right. stop. And to have that come up with nothing, it's like, okay, we need to go back to the drawing board. Um, so we it's just not entirely getting- surprising either, because it's a very specific product service that you're offering. So it's exactly. not, I'm sure you knew that was a possibility, but we're hoping that that wouldn't come to that. Oh, I absolutely knew it was a possibility because it was so niche. If we were starting a company like, you know, say we design websites. So I could go to any friends and family I know in any type of business, in any type of industry and say, hey, you need a website. I design websites. You know what it is. That's perfectly fine here. It is very niche. It's only certain industries. And then, oh, by the way, once we identify the people in those certain industries, now we have to actually teach them what the R&D tax credit is. Because it's yeah. not like a website. They don't know what it is or why they need it. And then after we teach them what it is, we have to teach them how they qualify as well. And then once we do all of that, it seems like one of those concepts that's too good to be true. Right. You know, because it's like, hmm, you're telling me that the work I already do right, right. now qualifies for this tax credit that even my CPA hasn't told me about and I can claim it, I can get all of this money back. And we're like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's like trying to convince somebody that money grows on trees. Right. right. So the barrier to entry as a new company coming into the R and D tax credit is identifying those businesses, educating them on the R and D tax credit and convincing them that they qualify was which was you know incredibly hard um you know coming out there so after coming up with nothing from the friends and families uh we just got on the phone and literally we just started calling people and we made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls a day until we started getting traction and we started getting people that were you know willing to to take a chance on us and uh we just made sure that we did the absolute best work possible for those initial clients that we got into contact with. And once they saw our work and how dedicated we were, um, we just started to receive referrals from there. And that's how our business grew. Most, most of our clients right now are referrals from previous clients we've worked with. What, uh, what sales experience did you have before you started making those phone calls? Zero. <laughs> Ab- absolutely uh, zero sales experience. Had never been, you know, on a sales call. Had never even done like I had, um, you know, my brother, um, you know, uh, sold uh, cell phone plans, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in high school. I well, like yeah. those little kiosks in the mall. Right. I didn't even have that type of sales experience. Yeah. Never had to sell anything uh, in my life. So, you know, I was literally like my first sales calls, you know, the people that uh, I called early on. Um, you know, uh, in my career here, I'm sorry, it's probably a very awkward, <laughs> very awkward discussion here for me. I was so bad, uh, you know, but over time, you know, as you get used to it and you get a little bit more comfortable, uh, right. you do get better at the whole, you know, sales conversations. Yeah. So it's definitely an interesting move, especially the stereotypical tax attorney is not any, in any way, shape or form 
confused with a salesperson, right? So like exactly. generally they're they're not uh, not the most outgoing. Luckily, you obviously have a, a great personality and probably picked it up pretty quickly once you started. But getting outside your comfort zone is probably the number one task of a, a founder of a, a, a business. I mean, you you're doing everything sales, accounting, marketing, like you said, you didn't have experience with that. So it's interesting to see that the number one thing that you need is customers. And, and that's the the one thing you didn't have experience in. Where, wearing all of the hats there and the most difficult, at least to pick up for me and my business partner as well, uh, you know, was sales. Because, you know, the thing about it is it's very hard psychologically to differentiate somebody rejecting your idea yeah and rejecting you as a person right. <laughs> so it's like oh i've just been rejected and it's like right. well no they don't hate you as a human being they just don't want an rd tax credit so right. it's like you can get in your head and be all upset about that you're like okay well, this person said no. I just have to keep on calling and find the person that is in need of an R and D tax credit. That's it. I can't. I can't get hung up on the failures. I just have right. to keep on going until I find somebody that says yes. Yeah, and it's absolutely a numbers game. You can be an awful salesperson, but if you make call after call after call, you're going to close some at some point. If exactly. you're an incredible salesperson and don't make a call, you're not going to close anything. So as long as you're willing to put the work into sales. Even if you're terrible at it, at some point you will get somebody to bite. And that exactly. first customer is always the hardest one to get because now you have, you may have a testimonial, you'll have referrals, and, and you have the build is just business kind of built from there. Exactly. And I think in this industry as well, uh, having those testimonials and referrals is especially important, especially because, you know, we're we're contacting these companies and they're like, OK, what do I need to get started with an R&D tax credit? And we're like, OK, your employee payroll records, um, you know, your tax returns from previous <laughs> years, you know, all of this incredibly uh, confidential financial information. And right. they're like, OK, well, do you have any references or referrals? <laughs> No, but just go ahead and send over your tax returns there. Uh, so having at least one person that can vouch for you, uh, yeah. incredibly important if you're working in tax. Yeah, you can't send them to your former employer for a reference at that point, no. right? That, that would not have worked out well for us. <laughs> so as you started to grow the business, you how long did you did you start the business before you started Tax Robot? Uh, five years. Five, five years. years. So, Our company is uh, Paracore Consulting. So five years before Tax Robot was started. So you you were doing things probably slightly differently. It sounds like, but still generally the same way that it had been done for since the the credit became available. At what point did you realize that the technology could help you streamline this? Like you said, take it from months down to a few weeks. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So when we first went off and started our consulting company, uh, you're exactly correct. There are some tweaks, uh, you know, that we made to the process there, but the process was still a manual process. It wasn't really dependent upon uh, technology in any way there. And then I, I, at a certain point, I did have a lot of friends that were starting to get into the realm of uh, technology. You know, I had a couple of friends that went off and they started software companies. And 
And I really started researching into, you know, software development and technology and, you know, what makes for a, a good software company and how people get started in that industry. And the main thing I was seeing is, you know, the best ideas for software is taking a process or an industry or a business that already exists and just making it better and making it more efficient. So I started to take a look at my business and my industry, and I was thinking, okay, what are the biggest headaches for me right now? And could I build some type of software, uh, you know, to automate this a little bit? So we didn't start off by diving into the deep end and just having a developer, you know, throw together everything. We started little by little automating certain parts, um, you know, of our business with technology. You know, we made some templates, uh, you know, for our clients to fill out. We would send them uh, some Excel documents there. And, we, you know, we started to piece together, okay, here's what the process would look like. First, document collection. Okay, what is a better way to collect documents? Okay, now uh, qualifying projects and doing that contract review. Okay, how do we streamline this a little bit? Okay, the end portion of uh, doing the calculations and drafting this report, how do we streamline that version? So once we started testing out these mini automations, as I call them, with our actual live clients, we started to get the roadmap of how we're going to piece all of that together uh, to make that into a uh, software. And that took Oh, wow. That took the greater part of 2021. We probably spent all year doing that. And then, you know, uh, summer of 21, summer to fall of 21, that's when we started working, uh, you know, with the developers there. Uh, so we could launch uh, January of this year, January 2022. And at what point did you realize that that would be a separate product as opposed to the consulting? Or do they are they kind of one of the same now that your consulting clients you run through tax robot uh, absolutely so we started out you know making it a completely separate product a completely separate company because we didn't know how people were going to react to it. Would they love the software? You know, would they hate the software? So we didn't want to overwhelm everybody within our consulting company. So that's why it was initially separate. And then what we would do is we would take a handful of our consulting clients and we would move them over to Tax Robot. We would say, hey, you know, this is this new software, uh, Tax Robot. We think it's an easier and more efficient way to claim the R&D tax credit. So, you know, we did a few of those studies that we did over the platform, you know, tax robot. And then slowly we started moving more consultants, uh, consultant clients uh, over to tax robot. And the response was overwhelming in the amount of clients that we had that, that were telling us, Hey, this was a lot easier. And these are clients that have been working with us for several years now. They're like, right. Hey, you know, we really like it. We really enjoy it. So it was just a couple of months ago uh, where we made the decision that we are moving all of our clients. 100% of our Paracore consulting clients uh, over to Tax Robot. So by spring of next year, 2023, uh, we will be running all of our clients uh, out of Tax Robot. Awesome. Now that's that's very interesting, especially one of the, one of the notes I wrote down is that the consulting industry is not open to innovation very often, and I I, I agree with that completely. But I think it's shifting as you see more and more younger entrepreneurs get into the consulting space. So it's interesting to see that 
you're you're shifting the 100% of the consulting over to this platform. There's still obviously human touch involved and you're still managing relationships, but you're leveraging technology probably even more than you expected when you you started the firm. Exactly. And and that's exactly correct. And especially with taxes, we don't ever, you know, want to completely remove that human element. So there are still professional consultants supporting each one of our clients 100% of the way through the process there. And there are still professional consultants doing a manual quality assurance and quality control before any of these documents that are delivered there. But the amount of you know, calculations and reports and these tax credit studies coming through uh, with the bandwidth of our consultants now, it's much greater uh, mm-hmm. utilizing the software than it would be without it. Yeah, that's great. A lot, a lot of people are afraid to move to technology. I know there are AI apps that in the accounting industry that I always had fear, not fear, concern that if it's 100% automated, there's nobody checking it except for us. And as companies came out and started modifying that a bit, we started getting more involved with some of those technology companies. So having that that individual touch, I think, is important, not only for product quality, but for relationship with customers and being able to get those customers to switch from essentially no technology to a very high technology platform. Exactly. We never, we never want to leave our, you know, any of our clients uh, without somebody, a human being there that they can talk to, you know, that they they can walk them through the process. And, you know, most importantly, somebody that's going to be there to provide audit defense too, you know, in case any questions come up uh, regarding any of these tax credit claims, I think audit defense and having that support of a professional, um, you know, is extremely helpful there. And that's both with uh, the clients that we're working with directly and then also with our tax robot agency product, uh, which we are releasing to CPAs and accountants that want to be able to do R&D tax credit calculations uh, for their own clients. Uh, you know, we support all of their clients that they're putting onto the platform as well. Awesome. So I think we're just about out of time for, for the podcast. What I'd like to ask everybody is kind of the final question is what advice would you have for somebody starting a business or recently starting a business that you wish you had got? Yeah, I would say the first thing is talk to as many people as possible. Any issue that you're facing in business, any obstacle that you've gone through, I guarantee you somebody else has gone through that before. So having the right people to reach out to and having those mentors that have gone through the same problems you have is going to help you out a lot uh, to be able to bounce ideas off of them. Uh, So that's the first thing that I would say. And then the second thing that I would say is find the right business partner. And that's extremely important because having the wrong business partner is uh, that you're constantly, you know, butting heads with is going to be more detrimental to your business than it is than it is helpful. But if you do find, you know, that right business partner or that associate, or even if it's the first employee that you hire, uh, if you don't you don't want a business partner there, make sure that that is the right person, somebody that's aligned the same way that you are, uh, somebody that has that passion. Uh, for providing that good customer service and building a business up, I would say is the most important thing. So 
you know, to summarize both of those um, pieces there, I would say people, finding the right people, reaching out to those people and uh, surrounding yourself with those people that are going to help you become successful. Yeah, that's great advice. Get the right people around you. Yeah, absolutely. makes a difference, whether whether they're on your team or someone you talk to. Having the right people people around you makes all the difference. And I think that's really what what helps businesses survive or not is having sounding boards. Absolutely. Uche, thanks so much for for joining us today. It was great learning more about you you and how you started the business um, and and learning about tax credits. So so I I knew enough about them. I think when we talked the first time, I told you uh, we we farm it all out because it's not a strength of ours. But I I learned a a good bit today about uh, about the credits and some of the processes. And and we talked before this. There's some clients we'll be sending your way in the next couple of days here. So so thanks again for joining us. I really enjoy getting to know you a little bit better. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right. That was another episode of the Businesses Start Here podcast. Thanks again to Uche. Be sure to check out his website, uh, taxrobot.com. Um, they're doing some great things in the R&D space. Obviously, you could tell by everything he said, he's an expert in that area. Their software makes everything so much easier for you. So be sure to check them out. Um, and thanks for joining us. And thanks for watching the podcast today. If there's any topics you'd like to see us discuss, any people you'd like to see us interview, please let us know. And we look forward to growing with you, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Businesses Start Here podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by today's podcast. We would love to hear your feedback. Please send us an email at podcast at viliotti.com. That's podcast at V-I-L-L-I-O-T-T-I dot com. And be sure to share, like, and comment all of our content.